0: Hello, welcome to another episode of Davey B's Hit Song Vault. My name's John David Birdall, and we are going to be talking about something big today. Big, big, big. Aren't we, Dad? With a capital B-I-G, John. Yes, yes. Yes, and that's big bands and how big bands became rock bands. And so we've got a special guest with us today. We've got uh, Pastor Stephen Streed here with us. Hi. Hello there. Hello. John. Hey, thank you for having me. Oh, yes. Yes. You're very, very welcome. And here I was waving, and it's kind yeah, of like, yeah. gosh, uh. I, to say hello. <laughs> like, <laughs> If someone's not looking at you, I bring that up in classes sometimes. I teach I teach classes and like I'll, I'll say something in the class and I'll ask a question kind of like, okay, what do we think about this? And I'll have the back turned and I'll say, I can't hear you nodding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> and so I suppose do allow me to ask both of you, okay, before I read the mission statement for this um, series here. Um, Or perhaps you can answer it after I've read it. Like, what was your first experience with big bands? Like, how were you introduced to them? I can say my introduction was that it runs in the family. True. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's, I was raised with it. It's like your grandfather did this, Mm -hmm. you know? And so here, let me read this mission statement and then you can answer that so you're not totally on the spot like just tell me how you how you met big bands (laughs) so yes do allow me to say that davy b's hit song vault is a 30-minute comedic and encyclopedic conversation about the music of our lives with davy b and his son john david during each episode of the podcast these two hosts will discuss and will play excerpts of 10 audio tracks within a specific theme or within a specific subject for your listening pleasure and total total edification together davy b and john david do have a combined 70 years of songwriting and song performance and recording and music production experience between them okay now that i've stated that wow dad so was your was your introduction dad to big bands your father exactly exactly exactly
1: yeah my dad uh toured all over the united states with tommy tucker and his orchestra Mm -hmm. and uh played uh many many shows in those days It was ballrooms and, of course, big hotels, you know, as far as uh, different places where they would uh, be booked at. And I remember Dad telling me that uh, (laughs) Tommy Tucker would take any job that this booking agency would give him because he'd be in Miami playing a motel or hotel, I should say, Mm -hmm. one week. And then the next week, they'd book him into, like, Seattle, Washington, and it was like— Wait a minute, that's all across the United States. yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: and our guest today, Pastor Steve Streed, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, no stranger to what I'm talking about, as he's had a great musical background, folks, before he became a minister. And Steve, welcome to the show, and uh, be my guest, my friend. Just uh, introduce yourself to the people and what— uh, what you came down the ranks with, okay? Thank
2: you, Davy B and John, for being here today. And by the way, before we start, it's really interesting when I met Dave, I says, I think I know you. <laughs> because when I came in nineteen ninety to Fargo Moorhead area, I was looking for a band to join at that time, either country western or rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And I walk into this Davy B's Music shop, yeah, B-I and I said, music Limited. Yeah, and, <laughs> d- hey, do you have a drum set here for sale? Mm-hmm. And yeah, we've got one over here from Great Britain called Premier. Right. And it was black, like a black onyx. And oh, man, I walked out of there with uh, I don't know how many pieces in there, tom-tom snares, bass, ride cymbal, the whole bit. Oh, and, the whole bit, yeah. yeah. Anyway, but back to your question, you know, when I start to think of this, thanks for asking the mm-hmm. question. My mother, when she was not of uh, age in the sense, she started when she was 17, 18 years old singing in big bands in Rockford, Illinois, where my home is Mm birthed. My dad was singing uh, first tenor in a quartet that was traveling back and forth to San Francisco. And music uh, was a part of our life. And what I grew up with was, of course, hearing what I call my mom and dad's era, Mm -hmm. their music. right? And so what prompted me to do this, I thought, I'd like to take drum lessons. And where do you take it? On the east side of Rockford, Illinois, there was no school. But on the west side uh, was Gazzardo School of Music. So I walked in there and I meet this Joe Gazzardo Sr., who is the director, and he has a son, Joe, that's a trumpet player, and his other son, uh, Jimmy, who's saxophone and would uh, uh, play off with a clarinet. We call it the licorice stick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and after uh, a year of drum lessons, which I thought was boring. What? The hell these <laughs> they don't make anything. I said, I said to my mom, I says, I'm quitting those dumb drum lessons. And my mom, who sang and also played the violin, said, no, you're going to continue. And you know, after that year, all of a sudden that bass drum and that snare and the ride cymbal and the hi-hat, It all came together, and it made sense. So I said to Jimmy uh, uh, Gazzardo and Joe Gazzardo, let's start a band. And so we started Steep Street in the Classics, 12-piece band, uh, Joe Gazzardo on the trumpet. We had another trumpet player, a trombone, and we had four saxes up front. We had a soprano, an alto, a tenor, and a baritone, and then on the drums and, of course, the piano and bass. And um, we started to play, In a course it was Red Sails and the Sunset, A Blue Moon, Sentimental Journey. Mm-hmm. Again, my parents' era kind of music.
0: So let's perhaps play an excerpt of a song. Yes. Okay. In
1: fact, uh, Steve mentioned this one, John. Yeah. Uh, Les Brown and his orchestra. Okay. Uh, this is probably one of the best-known big band hits of all time. And let's take a sentimental journey right here. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> This coming, being with you guys, is a sentimental journey for me mm-hmm. to realize all the stages and the ages that I've gone through. And I'm sitting here looking at my age and to think, wow, we were in terrific times. And all these songs bring back these memories. Yes. And, 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 and they're great songs. They're great songs. Yeah. And they were fun. Just interchanging with you the enthusiasm that we got from it yeah. and, and the joy that we had from it.
1: Yes, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious. what made, Steve, what made you think of the Firefly song uh, that you were singing to me?
2: Yeah, uh, it's just one of those songs, probably in my range. You were mine at the time. And the feeling was
0: sublime.
2: then it goes in the other verses. Like I, I, a bird I, I, on the wing when you know it's the bird on the spring. wing. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> you know all those.
2: <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> I know. I grabbed them. I reached in and grabbed them right there and by I, your left hand. I console. sat here and did oh. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, how about this one? Splish, splash. Yeah. I would take in a bath. All about, about Saturday, Saturday night. night. The tub of put my feet on the floor. I wrap the towel around me and I open the door. And in a splish splash, I jump back in the bath. Well, how was I to know there was a party going on? It was a splish and a splash, reeling with the feeling, moving and a. Oh yeah, and then they go in the second verse too.
1: Then. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Bobby Darren, Bob. Bobby Darren, Bob oh. yes, and probably the other song that sticks in my mind—not that he only had two hits. Mm-hmm. But Mac the Knife. Mack oh. the Knife, oh, yes. 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 Yeah. What a song. What yeah. a hit. Mm-hmm. What an unbelievable hit. And, you know, there's there's songs that highlight the lineage of big band music. And mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that one of the, shall we say, best examples of that was called Opus One. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because it gives uh, a complete should we say heritage of what opus one was all about and it was kind of a mythical song hmm. opus one is not for sammy Kay. opus one it's not for billy may who are big band
0: yeah you know musicians yeah mm-hmm. Ooh, dad am i supposed to play opus one right now yes you are okay so this mm-hmm. is gene krupa and his orchestra with opus one they're racking their brain to think of a name To give to this tune so Frankie can croon And maybe old Bing will give it a fling And that'll start everyone humming the thing The melody's dumb, repeat and repeat But if you can swing, it's got a good beat And that's the main thing to make with a feed Cause rock and rhythm's ruling the day So they call it old
1: So that, that one just kind of grabbed me Yeah, yeah. Oh. And the, the the one that I told you I was going to sneak in here was when I was a wee lad, as we're talking about. There was the TV program, the Lucky Strike sponsored it, and uh, Giselle McKenzie, Dorothy Collins, Snooky oh. Lanson. Yeah. She um, names. <laughs> Russell Arms, that was the other one I was trying to think of. They came up with uh, these, you know, big hits like Gene Krupa was a great big band leader, Les Brown, Guy Lombardo, Ralph Martiri. Oh, speaking of Ralph Martiri, Mm -hmm. John, Mm -hmm. let's give a little paid attention to Skokian Uh by Ralph Martiri and his orchestra.
2: Played seven gigs and the union came to us and says, "Hey, you're joining us." I said, "No, we're not. Uh, you don't argue with the union." No, around Chicago <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and, or Los Angeles, uh, or, <laughs> uh, you name it.
1: Because my dad belonged to the, you know, the Hollywood local. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And so, what? What do we do? We take and we get uh, contracts, and we're all under age. But in uh, Northern Illinois and Southern uh, Wisconsin, we could go into a bar and as long as there was a half of a wall between the bar and the dance floor, we could uh, play. And of course the union did help us in the sense of getting us jobs and also getting a decent pay in terms of what was coming to us. And so as we started to play a number of gigs, you find out after senior proms and all those things, um, you nobody could afford a 12-piece band. I mean, you're talking money. Mm. And so what we did is we decided to go down to a five-piece with uh, Jim uh, on the tenor sax and clarinet and then a Joe Gazzardo on trumpet, mm-hmm. Pete Bonavia, Do you know the Cordovacs? Oh, yes. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody would know what that is today, but he played that accord. You could Mm. get any sound out of that thing. And a beautiful Hammond B3 organ sound. Amen. Right. Yeah. Amen. So we started playing then in, uh, again, different wedding dances, you you name it, what have you. And um, we used something that I thought was illegal. It was called the Blue Book. Oh, yes. yes. And it had all the songs because, see, we were playing by sheet music. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you had all the songs. You had all the old ones. But we were playing Dixieland. We were playing Jimmy Gazzardo today is a tenor sax professional jazz musician in New York today. Still. Still. Mm -hmm. He would like to play jazz. Uh, Dave Brubeck and Take Five. Uh, That was quite a popular song years ago. But coming back to this, now as I come up from ninth grade to 10th grade, I see my brother kissing Joanne Geiger (laughs) through through the door and who's on the record, but what I call an entry from my mom and dad's era into a soft rock. Young Love, Tab Hunter. There you go. Love Letters in the Sand, uh, Pat Boone. Boone. Mm -hmm. And uh, would you agree with me, the first time that I heard this thing called rock and roll, I think you'd agree with me, the originator, the birth of rock and roll was Bill Haley and the Comets, Rock Around the Clock. I agree.
1: One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're going to rock around the clock tonight. What's your hat, right, so... I have a question for you, my friend. Okay. You have and I have been exchanging gay repartee back and forth, and I'm just wondering, seriously now, mm-hmm. what led you to get out of the big bands, the rock bands, and into the ministry?
2: Oh, into the ministry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, good question. Uh, what interesting is... Um I wasn't interested in high school. The only thing that concerned me was my band. Uh, and the year I stayed out of, of high school, uh, I was planning to go to Chicago Academy of Fine Arts and become an artist, of which I still do today in painting and stuff. But um, I went and visited Chicago Academy, and I just wasn't there. And I started to think about, well, why don't you go to college? And I thought, go to college, I had lousy grades because I goofed off all my weekends, you know, (laughs) and and you know never took a book home in high school. Anyway, started thinking about this. You gotta be kidding me! I'm never gonna become a minister. They wear black suits. They live in brick houses, Mm -hmm. and they're anything but human. They're extraterrestrial. (laughs) And I thought, oh, geez, boring. Oh man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah. So, Dad, you had said that there was a Perez Prado uh, song. That ought to be in this podcast episode? Right. Yes. And so what was that one?
1: That happened to be, John, a big hit for him
0: called Patricia. Okay. So this is Patricia by Perez Prado and his orchestra.
2: It was right then in 1972 that I sold my drum set. I had a Ludwig Gold Sparkle. And uh, I thought church music is going to be anything but, you know, mm-hmm. this non-sacred rock and roll. Mm-hmm. I'm not that it was not sacred. Right. Matter of fact, <laughs> some of the when I look back on some of the rock songs, some of them were pretty near and dear to the heart. Mm-hmm. But um, and now I look at today and I wish I wouldn't have sold our bands now at Hope Lutheran and what have you, these are bands. These are not these are not just not only orchestras, mm-hmm. but they're playing a lot of the spiritual music. And you look at all the spiritual – you look at the rock and roll bands, uh, a lot of the black and jazz singers that have come out, they came out of the gospel. Their, their moms and dads taught them the old gospel songs which really led them into pop songs, mm-hmm. into the popular secular music. Mm-hmm. And so I, find, I I started to see that there's no reason to segregate them in the sense of being not near and dear to one another. So in one way, I sort of grieve that. And so we had a band in my last congregation. We had six different contemporary worships. They were all based on country western and rock and roll, mm-hmm. and our eight thirty service was packed with gray haired, not just the young people. Mm-hmm. Gray haired people loved it. They came out. They the, the music lifted them up. And though I hope some of those songwriters didn't mind it, we changed some of the words mm. to spiritual words. Sure, rock and roll, country western, uh, and um, I, I I just see this, and so. As I put those two off, I really see how this in my stage in my life, how both of them have contributed uh, music to to ministry, ministry to to music, and um, I'm so grateful for uh, being brought to this place in my life. How all this, uh, my parents, the music that I grew up in my era, in each era that changed as we got older, how they have enhanced our life. And so, uh, to me, this it, it, it's, it's my life. I live and breathe and eat it. It's just, uh, it comes in terms of uh, rejoicing. And one of the things I really enjoy now, of course, is working as a chaplain in a nursing home, is sitting at the feet of greatest uh, professors in the world uh, these people in their 80s, 90s, and 100s that came out of the Glenn Mara, uh, Miller, uh, Tommy Dorsey, mm-hmm. a lot of these music, and a chorus right along mom and dad singing the old gospel songs what my friends criticized me is, Street why don't you play American rock and roll instead of that English Beatles mm-hmm. and Dave Clark 5 uh-huh. give me one kiss and I'll be happy because just, mm-hmm. just to be with you Sitting here on the drums, mm-hmm. yeah, and this thing about becoming a minister is still nagging me. No, 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 I did not want to do that. Mm-hmm. So I took subjects, transferred into Gustavus, uh, still was playing in the band, and uh, started, uh, still majored with uh, art and philosophy, and just kept resisting that. And so one guy just showed up at my office a while back and says, "How do you know you have a call to the ministry?" And I said, "Run away from it." You think Moses wanted it? You think Jonah wanted it? You think mm-hmm. any one of these cool dudes in the Old Testament and New Testament? Mm-hmm. I mean, when I mean when he got me where he wanted me, and uh-huh. and so uh, I decided then that I just love people. I love relationships. I love people's stories, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and and listening to their stories of what this song and this memory touched them lives at this point. And not only working over here at a job or a position, but how it touched them spiritually Mm -hmm. in terms of tuning into a a wave that was inner. And to me, uh, both the secular and the spiritual being able to say, uh, making sense out of this. would be interesting, um, uh, John Yuva Soccer, who became out of our Lutheran background, uh, played over here at Oak Grove High School, and he put uh, all the songs, he even wrote a song on the Ten Commandments, Rock and Roll. Mm-hmm. You got a rock and roll band um, and played, and um, he just passed away, um, and he wrote a number of songs that are with us today. And... Um, he clued in in terms of being able to take that spiritual life and uh, take a meaning and uh, produced a number of rock and roll songs.
1: When you when you mentioned that he took uh, that particular part of the Bible, shall we say, it reminds me of the birds and turn, oh, turn, yeah. turn
0: to everything there is a season. You got yeah. it. You nailed yeah. it. Yeah. You, right on. Yep. And yeah, so was it at that point, like big bands, I guess we're at the we're at the uh, transition now. Like big bands have transitioned hmm. sort of to rock bands, what swing bands to rock bands. And so was it just kind of like one song, one artist in one song after another, after another at that point? You know, because I guess we can talk about, or on the list here, it's got like Chuck Berry, Elvis Presley, Buddy Holly, you know, was that pretty rapid?
2: You know, as you were talking, John, sure. there, one thing that clicked in my mind that, Brought the big bands back was one of my favorite groups, Chicago, the oh, brass. Yeah. They brought it back, man. They just yeah. they hammered that.
0: Is that a way that the big bands came back in a, a certain way or in a certain fashion? In yeah, a you know?
1: sense, yeah. In a, in a sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in a sense, they never left us because there was a great instrumental hit mm-hmm. that was one of those things that you just sit and dream and think, I can see myself there. And that big hit was Percy Faith and his orchestra and the theme from The Summer Place. Amen. Yeah. Amen.
0: So I had been asking, like, did these did these groups just start appearing, you know, very rapidly? Mm-hmm. You know, especially, or like a group, like how close, how close was that? Buddy Holly and the Crickets appearing after you had heard Rock Around the Clock. And so, yeah, was that pretty close to Bill Haley and the Comets?
2: Were they due to sing in Fargo Theater in the plane? What was the plane crash after?
0: The plane crash was after...
1: Uh, they, they were doing Fargo. Yeah, they were doing Moorhead actually at the More. Armory. Yeah. Oh. To appear at the Armory. And um they were uh the three of them chartered a plane. Right. And the plane's pilot, the guy that ran the charter service, did he had the worst case of vertigo that you can imagine. Oh no. And once he got up in the sky in this snowstorm, he didn't know if he was upside down or right side up. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that ended it for Richie Valens. Yeah, Richie Valens. The Valen, Big Bopper. The Big uh-huh. Bopper. And Buddy Holly. Big Buddy Holly, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, I saw the movie and they showed that. They shouldn't have t- taken off, was it in Iowa?
1: Yes. Yeah,
2: and, and, uh,
1: yeah. Now, what was the question you asked me, oh, John? Oh,
2: uh,. What was the date and what was the time sequence to that? Oh, sure. Yeah, okay. I guess.
0: Like, did when did Bill Haley and the Comets have oh, their hit? Okay. Mean, I suppose I could look it up. Here, I was just making chit-chat before okay. I played the song.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, Buddy Holly was 57, like I say, August of 57. Okay. Bill Haley and the Comets We're going to rock around the clock was 55. Ah, so it was two years. Two years
0: prior. Ah, uh-huh. mm-hmm. okay. So it wasn't like a week. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, good. no, yeah. it wasn't. No. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I guess now we got that figured out. So, so yeah, there was Bill Haley and the Comets with Rock Around the Clock, and that was 55? Right. Right, 1955. Mm-hmm. Right. And then so it was two years until Buddy Holly and the Crickets had their hit with That'll Be the Day. Right. Yeah. And so for me, you know, not experiencing that like in real time, you know, for me, that's just kind of like, wow, two years went by until people heard You know, that'll be the day, whereas nowadays it's just like, especially now, like in documentaries, you know, or in certain programs, they'll be like, yeah, this is rock and roll. This is Bill Haley and the Comics, Chuck Berry, Elvis Presley, Buddy Holly, as if they're all doing this in one week or in a few days, you Mm -hmm. know, or like a month maybe, Mm -hmm. you know. But it's like, no, really, time did pass, you know, time did pass by, and this really did develop and grow and grow, you know. Okay, so here's this song, That'll Be the Day by Buddy Holly and the Crickets. Well, that'll be the day when you say goodbye, yes. that'll be the day when you make me cry, you say you're gonna leave. You know it's a lie, cause that'll be the day when I die. Well, you give me all your, loving and your love and your to hurt and love All your hugs and kisses and your money to a hell. You know you love me, baby. It looks like we did it. Guys, it looks like we did it. We went from big bands to rock bands in one episode of this podcast. Isn't that amazing? Man. Unbelievable. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Thank you for taking me with you on this sort of journey. <laughs> Thank you, John. Thank you, uh, Dave, for making Steve, it's been
1: the, a pleasure. Yeah, mm-hmm. this, this was my day. Really. Yes. To relive all this great music.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey.
2: Man. Yeah, it's just Whoa. tops. It's just tops.
0: And so if you've enjoyed this podcast too, or if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, you can go to prairiepublic.org. dot org. That's prairiepublic.org. dot org and you can search for Davy B's hit song vault. That's prairiepublic.org and do search for Davy B's Hit Song Vault and you can listen to more episodes of this podcast. Also, you can go to your favorite podcast platform or favorite podcast provider and search for Davy B's Hit Song Vault there and listen to more episodes that way. Oh, there's the song that's supposed to play us out. I guess we're supposed to be played out. I guess we're supposed to be leaving, huh? We've got another yeah. one done, John. Oh, yes, <laughs> another one. Another great one, Dad. Yes. This went well. Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you, so Thank you, John. So much. Thank you, Dave. Thank you Steve. Dave. Yes, yes. Until well, next time, everybody. Pays, so goodbye. Bye. a cheater
1: who pays. Well, it's a cheater who pays.